Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. I am joined today by Pam Nolte and Shelby Parsons from the Taproot Theatre Company. Taproot Theatre has been entertaining Seattle audiences for more than 40 years, but beyond that, they have been engaging the public through an active education and outreach program. Pam and Shelby, welcome. Thanks for coming. Oh, Thank you so much for having us, Gary. Thank you for having us. I'm glad to have you here. Like I said, Taproot Theater's been around a long time. A lot of people know about it, but we're going to dig a little deeper into what you guys do besides just entertaining us. Um, but I guess we'll start with a little background. You know, you guys have two, I guess, theaters, right, in the Seattle, the North area, the Greenwood neighborhood, right, at, on 85th. You're a nonprofit. Uh, you put on actually five, six, seven plays a year, if we count all the little extra things you do. That's not just a, a main season of pr- mainly produced plays. You do a lot of stuff, right? Give us the, the once-over maybe, Pam, on we that. We do. Uh, you know, it was founded in 1976. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about touring. But right now, what you're talking about is our resident theater that is in the Greenwood neighborhood. So think, uh, think Woodland Park Zoo, if you don't know where that is. And we're just to the north of that in the Greenwood neighborhood. Six main stage plays. Five of those are part of a stage season that you buy a subscription for or buy a single ticket for. And then a Christmas show every year. That's in the 226 seat theater that is the jewel. And then we have a smaller black box called the Isaac Studio. And uh, multiple Types of shows go in there during the year, including some of those fabulous acting studio performances. And then I believe we're already confirmed for Charlie Brown Christmas again for this coming Christmas. And that's exciting. We do some different ones that are um, real good for even kids on the spectrum that are uh, for more of a sensitive listening audience. So those are special performances that we love doing in that smaller space. It's a 116-seat theater. Yeah, intimate, so, but yeah. nice, though. Very a, nice. A play that recently closed, Patsy Cline, always Patsy Cline, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, gosh, what, what a fun show that was. Wasn't it fabulous? Uh, <laughs> just a clever, just a great story, first yeah. off, and, and then to have singing and music the story told that way. Yeah, it's just yeah, terrific. It's a, it's a wonderful space. And and like you said, so a long time ago in the 70s, right? You were the co-founder uh, of this. Uh, I am one of the co-founders. So Six of us were crazy enough to think yeah. that we could start a theater. <laughs> but but you <laughs> so. didn't do it with a building and a theater like oh, you've got no. now. We, we started, started as a touring yeah. company. And, uh, you know, it was started really as a summer experiment. Ah. And we toured during that summer to a number of churches in the area. Very shortly after that, we were including libraries and schools. And not too long after that, prisons were added to the mix. That original founding group didn't last that long because we were right out of college. So there were a lot of college debts even in those days. <laughs> so by Christmas, Scott, who happens to be my husband, uh, and I were the only two left of those original founders. But I think founders have an interesting part of a story. They're the ones that dream the dream. And uh, so I give tremendous credit to those original six. But then it takes all of those staff members that have come since then to keep carrying that dream and then expanding it. And so what you look at all of these years later 
is an expanded vision. And uh, so that touring that is now a profound amount of touring that Shelby will talk about that is in the schools, um, as well as still at Christmas, um, going out to different businesses, different improv opportunities, different churches with the, the touring programs during the holidays. So all kinds of touring work still being done. Yeah, that's part of the original idea it of it, it and that's never, still in the it mission. It has never stopped. Yeah. We have never stopped touring. And I want to so. get into a lot of what we're going to talk yeah. about, like I said, the getting into the community and how you really are part of it. But let's let's get uh, some of the f- fun things said right up front, like your season that is going on now. I mentioned yeah, Patsy Klein yeah. that just finished. Also, just finishing um, this weekend is uh, we a will real not powerful... Be yeah, uh, right. This is a totally different kind of play than entertaining us with song <laughs> like you the know, Patsy Klein. This is about Nazi resistance in a... Well, I didn't know this story, but it probably was happening all over Nazi Germany at the time that college student uh, right said, I'm not going to... I'm going to stand for this. I'm going to spread the word. This is You're doing things wrong. And it's it's just a few people, but man, is it powerful uh, about the. It's like an. It's for the most part in prison. Uh, this woman's been arrested and she's interrogated, right? And, she is. And, and that that's just finishing up the season or its run. What else is is up next? You started with a, another light one, arsenic and old lace, we right? We did. We started <laughs> so, with a classic so comedy. Root goes up and down and well, back and forth. You with, know, I I like to think of it as. Um, <laughs> A, a good dinner plate, which means you've got your fluffy dessert. You've got we got the sweet, we got the savory. A, well, you get a well balanced meal, um, and I think the thing that's great when you work within a team and uh, our artistic team that would be Karen Lund as our associate artistic director, Scott uh, Nolte our producing artistic director, you get a beautiful mix of different types of theater with um, kind of that sweet spot for the different individuals that are on that artistic team. Uh, I love the really, really chewy pieces. You know, I could go to Sophie Scholl type plays every single month and never grow tired of the really chewy stuff that's that's talking about history and how does that impact us today and what comes next because of what we know from history in the past. But it was in, uh, I was sitting at the desk answering the phone. This was a number of years ago when I took a phone call from a gal who was just saying, I just called to say thank you. And she had just seen one of the fabulous comedies that Taproot produces and she said I was diagnosed with cancer and she said I had sorry (laughs) I had no idea how desperately I needed to laugh thank you for the gift that you gave me so I love that Taproot does a mix that is not necessarily the case with every other theater but I love that that's part of what Taproot does. Yeah, so like you said, the, you, you like to take off something you can really chew on. I mean, yeah. when you leave the theater, is, I mean, and we're thinking about, gosh, what we just saw. I mean, is that that's part of then of the mission, the goal to not just entertain us, but engage us. And that no. sort of takes me to why Shelby's here. You, Shelby, you're the education outreach director. A lot of people probably didn't realize they're a theater company. Why do they have an education section and outreach? That's part of the mission, too, of Taproot, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we we as a company talk about the different parts, we talk about main stage as a branch, touring, and our acting studio. That it's both of those become an essential part of who we are and um, in acting out our mission. Um, so for me as an education director, it's super cool to be on on a team that I know that our work is essential to the mission of the company um, and that, that energizes us and um, really drives the work that we do. Um, and so we have um, a touring company that the big focus of that is our school touring um, that goes into schools from um, September through May, bringing bullying prevention plays um, to, uh, we have two elementary shows and one secondary for middle and high school students. So um, we are touring those throughout the year. Um, our actors are um, full-time um, throughout the year. We are in 200 schools throughout the year and wow. serving over 100,000 students each year. Wow, that sounds pretty impressive. Now, that's all year. That's all school year. And elementary all the way up to high school, you guys can present a play that can range to all that, huh? Um, we have, so the, the I would say two-thirds of what we're doing is elementary shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really laying the, um, the groundwork for talking about bullying prevention and friendship forming and empathy. Um, and we're really lucky to have the tool in partnership with um, Committee for Children, which we follow their second step curriculum. Um, which is a fabulous bullying prevention curriculum uh, committee for children is um, in Seattle. They work um, uh, internationally, but we're really lucky to have them as a neighbor to be able to work with and talk about our shows, get training for our actors um, as we bring in shows that are aligned to the curriculum they have and that many of the schools that we um, that we serve are using with their students. Um, so we have an elementary show for K through six. Um, and so that's, um, like I said, laying the, laying the foundation. We're talking about the basics around bullying prevention, friendship making how to be a how to be a supportive bystander how to show empathy um, and then when we come to middle and high schools we have um, one secondary show that's um, really focusing on cyberbullying um, and is uh, less of a stringent um, curriculum and really opening up the conversation to be showing um, students um, to see uh, real stories that are happening and open up a dialogue with them well talk to me about that because um the writing of a play like this is it one you've kept uh, on like rotating through do you have of several that you always go back to and you're on this bullying one now because that's I guess current events right I mean um, and how do you t- do you tailor it exactly to school I mean do you have to know how to be a teacher I mean write curriculum you said you work with the was it committee for children committee for children so it's not just a play writer writes a play and says this is going to be for kids, but you have to be some kind of an educator to say, no, you can't really say they won't get this or you're going to go over their heads or you're not anywhere near, where you're way under them or something. I don't know. You have to know this is different than just a play in the theater you go see if that's for education purposes for kids at a particular age, right? Yeah, absolutely. How does that get done? <laughs> I mean, uh, that sounds brand new to me. That- yeah. So, well, first, having using a curriculum is very important to us. We are not creating how we think we should talk about bullying prevention. We're really um, we're really grounded in what the research of Committee for Children is, what what they're finding is, and we're every year connecting about what how has the language changed, how has the research changed to make sure we're staying up to date on those things. Yeah, because um, I can imagine a, a high schooler and a junior higher say, this is so old, it's four years old, you know, I mean, <laughs> I was doing this when I was seven. You know? So you got to keep up first, right? Yeah, and our... 
Um, our playwright for our elementary shows, Bethany Wallace, um, has been writing our shows for many years. Um, and to answer your question, we have started to remount some shows from past years. We figure once they get past six years and the kindergartners who um, who would have seen them as kindergartners are now oh, in middle yeah. school, we can bring them back and update them. And, that makes um, sense. And we, we do some remounting to make sure, well, what, what we wrote six years ago may need some updates. Um, but... Um, we're um, we're constantly bringing in a new show or a remount um, every year to make sure that things are fresh and um, responding to, um, like I said, what the research is saying as well as what the feedback we're getting from schools and what they're looking for. Um, so the show that we have in development um, right now, which will be um, beginning to tour in the fall, um, is um, called Team Player Mode, and it is um, about a – it's set in a – we're around elementary students, um, but it also goes into the video game world. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they they enter into also this fantasy world and we get to see the video game come to life. Um, but a lot of this came from um, hearing that um, we're getting hearing from schools that while our upper elementary students, we're starting to see cyberbullying and wanting to address that with our students. Can we bring in the middle school show and us trying to find a solution of how can we address that and still have it really be developmentally appropriate for this age group? Um, and so we're able to uh, start to talk about that a little bit because we know from um, from the research that um, in the the upper elementary age group that when that cyberbullying begins to happen, it's it's happening in games and online games. And ah. so we're able to reflect some of that while still keeping things in an adventure world that is engaging for our kindergartners up through our sixth graders. And um, Bethany is fabulous at writing to have the things that are going to be delightful and funny to uh, the the kindergartners, which might be a cat flying through the air, um, and also have some a little heightened a, a stuffed cat, a stuffed oh. cat, a stuffed cat. We do often have students concerned about that. It is a stuffed I'm glad stuffed you animal threw that cat. In <laughs> I want the ASPCA yeah. calling. Um, and uh, then we have you know the 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 jokes and the content that are going to hit a little. Um, um, a, a little more to, to the older students, and there are also typically some jokes thrown in for the teachers to One also thing that <laughs> enjoy. I'm, I'm really proud of in our education and outreach department that uh, well, really proud is every time they do a show, questionnaires are out there for the teachers. And so we're not looking at what can we do in the schools without feedback from the schools. Ah. We're reading those, and uh, Shelby and her team are then talking with the playwrights that are working with us, saying, this is what we're, this is the feedback we're getting. How do we serve them? So it's not what are we imposing on them, it's how are we serving them with the needs that they are telling us about. Oh, that's great, because I was kind of wondering if there's a before and after at a school you end up um, with the play, do you, do you let them know beforehand, here's what we're going to talk about, here's what the play is, and do you give them any curriculum beforehand? So, that, I mean, I'm guessing, like you use that phrase, developmentally appropriate, uh, <laughs> that a first, second, third grade teacher has to, you know, sort of clue in their students, it's going to be about this, we're going to hear about that, whereas, you know, a sixth grader can pick up the same lines and go, I know exactly what's going on. Is, is there material before? And then I like the after, the feedback, too. 
Yeah, yeah. We have um, we have a, a teacher's guide that we sent out ahead of time, um, and we are um, connecting from the booking process to before the performance with our contacts at the school to be setting everybody up for success. Um, and um, and part of our our process as well as when we have the actors and in, um, in in the school that um, before the show we're also um, just for experiencing the whole show we have a little bit of a um, setting the students up for success telling them what the expectations are how do you watch a show um, if this is very likely many students first experience with that and so we have that a part of it because we've been doing this for many years and we know um, we're able to come in knowing how um, what's going to set everybody up for success in that in that setting um, and um, we um, so we have the the teacher's guide that goes out ahead of time. We're following up to to get feedback and um, and make sure that um, coming into um, future years that we're bringing in something that is um, that is working for the schools. And for many of our schools at this point, um, we're coming back year after year, which is really fabulous um, because we know what we're sending um, is um, we hope very powerful in that um, in that one um, moment. But we know long term, what's really powerful is that we're part of the that this is a touchstone and an overall bullying prevention curriculum then that we're coming back year after year um, that this is continuing after we leave and we're just a part of that process because we know the impact is far greater if it can be um, it can be a long-term relationship with the school and I will say they are great theater productions you know it's not out there just spouting curriculum these are trained actors most of them coming out with their theater degrees. They are playwrights that are theater playwrights, and the directors are trained professional theater directors as well, and they are producing great theater. That's good. I'm glad you said that because some people might be picturing the uh, PTA trying to do a year-in skit, <laughs> and it's not that at all. No, it is not. <laughs> we are talking this morning with Pam Nolte and Shelby Parsons from the Taproot Theater. Um, one question again about the school. So... You're, you mentioned up front about the number of plays you do and how many kids to see you. Um, do you get invited to these schools? Do you have to like go out and say and tell schools, "Hey, we can come in and cheat you, show you this"? Or do you have the same set of schools over and over again? Are you in a number of districts? How do how do you get hooked up with the school in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. A variety of ways. Uh, we're throughout the Puget Sound area for the majority of the year. Um, during um, the springtime, when um, we start hitting on spring breaks over here, we'll do week-long tours in eastern Washington, in Portland, and southwest Washington. Um, so we're able to get to areas that are a little too far to make it the, back to the theater at night um, for the majority of the year. Um, but we, like I said, like I said, we have many schools that we were return to year after year, um, but we're also um, uh, also adding many new ones each year. Um, and we're um, out, we go to different conferences to meet people and let them know what we're doing. Um, but we're also um, uh, getting from recommendations, word of mouth, and um, also do we do a push and reach out to um, the schools in the area to just mm -hmm. let them know what we're doing. Um, and if we can fit into their, um, to what they're doing at their school, we'd love to be a partner with them. Yeah, because I know that some, <laughs> it. A school year is pretty full for a lot of schools, especially depending on what age you're talking and, and say, well, we got to come in for a whole day and disrupt your entire day. Well, we're trying to study for the whatever the annual test they have to do. Or, oh, well, we'll do it next week. or something. I, That must be a tricky dance 
to do. Uh, how many people are in this that do the touring and go out to schools? Yeah, it's a team of five actors. Uh, five actors, one van, three shows. Um, so they arrive to the theater in the morning, pack up their shows into the van and head out to up to two hours away uh, before traffic. And um, <laughs> they um, are able to, um, for, for one performance, we're in and out in two and a half hours at a school. So they are well-trained and efficient oh, um, in the coming in, setting up a fabulous show, breaking down. And we really, um, we want to make sure that it is as um, as straightforward as possible for the school. As a former teacher myself, I, I know what that that looks like. And um, we really value that um, we want to make sure we're letting the schools do their thing and we're coming in and making it as easy and streamlined for them as possible. And so now we've probably got enough teachers or principals, if not students, intrigued, listening, saying, wait, I, I kind of want to see that at my school. How do they find you? So online or probably the best way, right? Yes. Uh, taproottheater.org. There's information under our touring tab about our different shows. We will be opening up the calendar for the fall on May 1st. Um, and um, we are still taking bookings through the end of May for this year, but we'll open up the calendar for the fall. I will say that the September and October spots go very quickly, um, but um, we'll be opening that up and we would... Um, We'd love to hear from if they're interested and talk to them more about how we could make that work for their school. Taproottheater.org. And theater spelled with the R-E instead of E-R. What, when did that start? Is that European or something? I don't get <laughs> well, that. Well, it? it is the British spelling. Oh, so, <laughs> so it works well to differentiate between stage theater and movie theater. Okay, so when they're spelling it, Taproot Theater with the theater R-E dot org dot org. Again, that means you're a nonprofit. That's, so this education, this is part of, was it 40 years ago, said so part of the mission, the goal is still. Absolutely. So has that changed uh, over the, the morph of the you know what you do and how you do it has that changed a little as time has gone on because times have changed times have changed and if you don't uh, if you're not aware of the ways time is changing you will become irrelevant very very quickly I think however the heart of Taproot theater hasn't changed since 1976 Uh you know, mission statements didn't even exist in 1976. That's right. <laughs> so we, we had to write one along the way. And, uh, you know, our, our most current one, and, and I will just give an abbreviated, which is um, to brighten the spirit, to uh, engage the mind and deepen our understanding of the world around us through imagination, conversation, and hope. I, I think that could fit in the 1976 company very, very well uh, as far as what's the type of work that we do in the schools, in the, uh, on the main stage, in the work that we do preschool through elder mm. as far as the work that we do uh, as far as education goes. Well, and we can measure then against that. You know, there's another part of what you guys do I want to get to before we run out of time is that, like you said, with you mentioned the word elders in there. Um, as more people realize and experience in their own families, people with early stage memory loss, you, you have an outreach that way, too, don't you? Tell me about um, just this it's sort of do. it's an improv class for people with memory loss. Is you it know, something like that? In, uh, back in 2010, Mary Grace Becker uh, gave me a call and said she worked with the Greenwood Senior Center 
and ran a program called The Gathering Place, which was for individuals with a diagnosis of memory loss, early stage memory loss. And we knew each other. She called me and said, Pam, is this something that Taproot would be interested in? We've got some uh, individuals in the class that would love to do some improv. And (laughs) I said, Mary, I don't have a clue what you were talking about. Let's grab a cup of coffee. You tell me what you're talking about, and then I will take it to the education department and see if it's something that Taproot would like to engage with. So we had a great conversation. What she didn't know was that my own mother had died with Alzheimer's, and uh, so she she hit a sweet spot in me personally, but there has to be more than that to invest in a new program. Investing in new programs for a nonprofit is, is tough. It takes time. It takes different kinds of fundraising. But thankfully, numerous individuals at the company said, yeah, let's let's invest some time in it and see what that looks like as far as serving our community in a way that needs to be served today. Again, that what's different from 1976 to today. Well, all kinds of people are experiencing early stage memory loss so this dementias. Is, are this an ongoing class that happens once in yeah, a while regularly you know, and have, people can, is it a drop root, in or you got to sign up? Or? At Taproot we have once a month uh, on the second Monday of every month. Again on the school year, September through June because the acting studio is so busy in July and August that we can't have the class at Taproot. But uh, it's an improv class. It's a drop-in. It follows the Alzheimer's Cafe that is there in our building as well. So it's a great class for people with early-stage memory loss, even mid-stage memory loss, because the type of work that you do in improv doesn't rely on memory. All it relies on is imagination and spontaneity and play. And uh, that is something that individuals with early stage memory loss excel in. So we have wild and wonderful times. Care partners uh, can take the class if they come with their loved one or uh, the one that they're caring for. They don't have to pay. The $10 drop-in fee covers them. They then come as the guest with their loved one. And uh, the thing that's fun in that is a lot of these improv games are things that people can take home with them. So they can then do improv at home. Some some of these skills you can teach them. Absolutely. Absolutely. These theater games are things that they can take home and and do within the home, uh, which is a blast. That that sounds awesome. I'm I'm glad you you do that. That sounds sounds unique. There's more on the education tab on that as well. Awesome. Taproottheater.org and under education. Uh, We've got a few minutes left uh, before we have to go. This is really whizzing by uh, Mm -hmm. you guys. Let's, uh, again, taproottheater.org is a website. They can learn all sorts of things you're doing. But you're going to finish up uh, the season still. I mean, let's uh, tell people... Oh, We're Kim's, going back to a Kim's, comedy, right? Kim's the, Convenience no, uh, previews May 15th, opens officially May 17th. It is a comedy. Uh, you know, what we learn in Kim's Convenience is every family is the same. But Kim's Convenience is very specific to a Korean family. 
Yeah. And uh, and uh, first generation Korean family and and how that uh, how that story is told. It started as a play. It is now actually a hit comedy on TV. They're moving into their fourth season, and uh, one of the actors from the TV series is actually our our lead, Appa, in this show. He's fabulous. It is a fabulous show. Uh, I happened to see it when it w- was up in Vancouver when Taproot was deciding whether we wanted to do it or not. Uh, I highly recommend it. That sounds then really Bright fun. Then Star, which is... Bright Star, um, this is uh, yes. a place Steve Martin, the comedian, has, but he also plays banjo and loves yes. bluegrass music. He's sort of co-written this Amazing. with uh, Edie Burkell, right, the musician? Yes, thank you. You've got good notes yeah. there. <laughs> Amazing music. Um, beautiful, heartfelt story. Uh, it runs through the summer. Yeah, and, uh, and then by the end of the, in the fall, another serious play again, another right? Serious we go play back to the Civil War in history. Because we mix it up, necessary sacrifices. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So when people Powerful leave piece. the theater at Taproot, they are thinking, wow, I mean, you think more about what you have just saw. And yeah. I think that's what good theater is all about. And you guys do a great job of it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So uh, we are out of time now. Is there, what else? We have to say something twice. We only have a few seconds to say it again. What do you want people to take away from today, Shelby? I want them to go to the website. <laughs> oh, I want them to go to the website. I want them to see what's on the main stage. I want them to go and look at the touring shows. I want to, uh, yeah, have them just kind of take all of it in and thinking about brightening the spirit and uh, engaging the mind and deepening our understanding of the world around us through imagination, conversation, and hope. Anything, Shelby? Can't top that, I guess. That's I can't top that, but I can also say registration for our summer camps is also open. Oh, summer camps and for more the infram- uh, Yes, we've got one of the largest youth acting programs um, in the area, and um, we um, have camps from pre-K up through 12th grade throughout the summer, um, and there's more information on our website about that as well. We'll I'm glad we, the end of June. Yeah, I'm glad we talked about that, too. If great there idea. Are yeah. grandmas and grandpas listening, it's a great gift. Oh, fun. To give to your grandkids. Great idea. Yeah, <laughs> taprootheater.org for that, too. Thank you guys so much for being here. We are out of time. I want to thank uh, Pam Nolte and Shelby Parsons from Taproot Theater Company for coming in today and sharing what you guys do for us. And a bigger thanks to what Taproot has been doing for the community for these last 40-some years. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Gary. If you'd like to hear this interview again, it will be available on Podcast One and iTunes within a few days. Just search for Spotlight with Gary Scheip. I am Gary Scheip, thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.